This morning, as Rhys said, I'm speaking on being equipped for family and for relationships. And I don't know about you, but I very often feel ill-equipped for relationships. I feel sometimes more like I should be a hermit, and that would benefit me and everybody around me sometimes. And I don't know whether you feel like that and think, you know, relationships are just, they can be hard work, and they can be difficult, but they can be rewarding, and they can be a blessing. And if we work hard at them, they can, they can be so encouraging. And sometimes when we embark on new relationships as well, we can feel so ill-equipped for them. And I remember being pregnant with my first child, being pregnant with Grace. And we were the first to have a child in our, our family. So my sister and Paul's brother hadn't had their children at that point. And I'd, I'd never changed a baby's nappy. I didn't really hold babies, and um, I'd got this baby growing within me, and I was like, oh, this poor child, and I remember at one point thinking, I don't even know, what what do you dress a baby in, I don't even know, What, what do they wear, and I remember being so ashamed and embarrassed by being so ill-equipped to look after this baby as I felt. And I can remember going and sitting with my friend Zoe, who'd recently had a child herself. She was probably about nine months old, her daughter was. And I remember saying, can I just ask you something? What, what do I dress the baby in? And I just had no idea or concept. And some of you may think, well, I have no idea either. But I felt just so ill-equipped to look after this child. And she was like, oh, don't worry about it. And she gave me this mother care book. And there are other baby stores, by the way. But she gave me this mother care book. And it had a list of things to buy for a newborn baby. Do they still do that? Yeah? Mother care, we love you. Thank you for all of us ill-equipped mothers who don't know what to buy for our babies. There was a list and it was just like, oh, the relief that I felt that mother care had equipped me and what I needed to buy and what I needed to do to look after this baby that was going to come into the world because I just felt as if I didn't know. And I think sometimes we can feel like that with our relationships as well. We can feel like we're stupid and we don't understand. We can feel the shame. We can feel fearful. We can want our relationships to go well, but we can, when it gets difficult, what do we do? You know, and God demonstrated the importance of relationships because sometimes when it gets tough, it'd just be easy to say, just forget it. Just forget relationships because they're hard work and they don't work. But God demonstrated the importance of relationships just within himself. Because his father, his son and his Holy Spirit. The Trinity in itself calls out for relationship. God within himself relating to himself. Then we see again in Genesis 2.18 that God says once he's made Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. So I want to encourage you this morning, no matter how ill-equipped you may sometimes feel, no matter how difficult relationships can sometimes be, God is in the business of relationships and he wants you to relate and he wants to equip you so that you can relate well and so they can be positive and good experiences for you. 
You know, and there are areas where we're weak, and there are areas what we need to work on. But God, again, wants us to take those things one at a time, not putting too much pressure upon ourselves, because I think sometimes we can be our own worst enemies, so that we can build and grow and be equipped for the relationships that we have, for relationships that are new, so that we can be a shining light for Jesus in those relationships. And I sat and I wondered, how can I best communicate being equipped for relationships, as I talked to you this morning? And relationships and family relationships cover such a wide variety. And the conclusion I came to was this. At the beginning of the year, when we talked about becoming Breathe New Life, we gave five key elements or components of how we would do that. And so I thought the best thing for me to do is go back to those five things, the Jesus-centered, the rooted, the together, the broad, and the far-reaching, and look at each and every one of those and how those can help us to be equipped within our relationships and to be able to grow in the areas where we struggle. And you know, I don't want you to feel bombarded this morning, but just take one thing at a time. Take one of them. And save the other aspects aspects till later. And think, I'm going to work on this one for a while. And when I feel like I'm more equipped, then I'm going to look at the next thing. This morning is about giving you tools to help you to grow. And help you to see things differently. So that God can be a part of your relationships. Is that okay? So the first one, let's go to it, is Jesus-centred. And if you put the thing underneath for me, Jess, when we gave out each of these different elements, we gave a little sentence that went with them to explain them a little bit. And the Jesus-centered one said this, Jesus at the center of all we do, at the start and during the journey. So it's about bringing Jesus to the forefront of our relationships, at the beginning of our relationships, during our relationships, all the way through that journey of our relationships, whether the relationships that continue on and on, whether the relationships that start and then fade away, because sometimes relationships are seasonal, that God is at the center of however those relationships work, whether the relationships that, that are broken or difficult, that God is still at the center of them. Don't push God out of the difficult and broken relationships in your life because that's exactly where he wants to be. He wants to be at the center of them, helping you and encouraging you in the seasons that ebb and flow through your relationships. And you know, we can have other things that are centered in our relationship and not Jesus. You know, sometimes with relationships, the focus can be on the relationship. It can be all about the relationship. It doesn't matter what sort of relationship it is, but the focus of that relationship is itself, is the importance of it, is making it grow. And it has no interest on anything else around it. Nobody else may even exist because this relationship is the most important. And when those things begin to happen, what happens to water when nothing else comes into it? It becomes stagnant. And relationships can be the same. We have to allow other things in. We have to allow God in to breathe new life into our relationship. Allow God in to breathe into the things that are going on in your life. Because unless we do, those places become dark places and unhealthy places. And places where things grow that smell and aren't very pleasant. Just like with water, when nothing else flows into it. The other thing we can focus on 
is we end up focusing on the other person in the relationship. So everything is about that person. Everything is about making them happy. Everything is about what we can do for them. Everything is about making our life fit around them. And if you're in relationships like that, again, they can become unhealthy. We lose ourselves and we lose everybody else in them. So if we allow God into each and every relationship, even if your relationships are like those ones I've talked about, allow God into them to allow him to come and breathe something new into those relationships. Because you know what? Unhealthy relationships can become healthy when we allow God in. Broken relationships can become mended when we allow God in. All we need to do is allow him in and let him work in us and work in the circumstances. Does it mean that things will work out perfectly with every relationship? No, not always. It doesn't. But it does mean that he is there with us, keeping our heart right, giving us wisdom, giving us love so that as we journey in those relationships, that he is in it and that we point people to Jesus even when it's difficult. You know, this is God's way. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12. It says two are better off than one because together they can work more effectively. If one of them falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone is alone and falls, it's just too bad because there's no one to help him. If it is cold, two can sleep together and stay warm. But how can you keep warm by yourself? Two people can resist an attack that would defeat one person alone. A rope made of three cords is hard to break. There's that three again. There's that symbol of the Trinity again that we talked about at the beginning. That three-stranded cord. If we allow God into our relationships, it suddenly becomes healthy and it suddenly becomes strong. God wants us to have wholeness within our own lives, which we'll go on to talk about a little bit more later. That each of us are whole individuals. And as we are whole, we make one of those strands. And then he comes in and winds it together so that it works. God wants you whole. God wants to be added into each and every relationship. But it doesn't just say, allow God. God is everything. God is all. God is the added. There's more with God. When we add God in, it talks about in the scripture in Ecclesiastes that two can do so much together. Two two are doing well together. You and I are doing well together. But whoa, when we add that third strand in, there's something more, there's something bigger, there's something stronger in that place. And God loves us to relate God wants you to relate and he wants to be in the midst of you relating. He wants to be right in there, twisting it together and weaving your relationships together. And we see so often that Jesus interacts with individuals and when he interacts with those individuals, it changes lives, it changes families and it changes relationships. We see the woman in the Bible whose son has died and Jesus raises her to the to back, raises him back to life. And what does it say? It says, Jesus gave him back 
to his mother. We see Lazarus and his two sisters mourning Lazarus's death. Jesus comes along, raises him from the dead, and he's restored back to his family. We see Jairus's daughter die, and Jesus go into that place, raise her back to life, and she's restored back to the family. Jesus is in the business of restoration and healing within relationships. We see the woman who was caught in adultery and Jesus saying to her, go away and sin no more. He steps into our relationships. He steps into our death. He steps into our mess. He steps into the things we've chosen to do that are completely wrong and a path that we should never have trodden. But when we allow him to, he steps into there. He brings healing. He brings life and he brings restoration. When we put Jesus at the center of our relationships, no matter how messy they are right now, then Jesus brings miracles, Jesus brings breakthrough, and Jesus brings change. So I want to encourage you this morning, no matter where your relationships are at, whether they're healthy or unhealthy, whether they're difficult or easy, whether they're broken or whole, allow Jesus into them. Because he will bring life that you would never believe. He wants to equip you to relate. And to do that, we have to bring him to the center of those relationships. The second one of the things that we shared at the beginning of the year was rooted. And it says, the sentence that we put with it, this is discipleship. We discover who we are, find our identity, and find freedom. You know, we've got to dig deep sometimes. If we want to discover who we are, if we want to find our identity and our freedom, then we've got to dig deep. And sometimes we've got to dig deep in our relationships and with other people. Because when we really want to discover who somebody is, when we really want to get the best out of our relationships, when we really want to get the best out of our family, then we've got to dig deep in there. Because sometimes when it's surface level, it's not the real reality of what's going on. You know, often we look at ourselves and we we portray to others a surface level of who we are. Often we'll look at other people and we'll see the surface of who they are. I don't know about you, this might just be something that we do and I apologise in advance. But you know when we go on holiday and you you don't know what someone's name is around the pool and you give them a name. Does anyone else do that? It's the such and such family. I shan't tell you some of the ones we've used. But Olivia and I, we do it on the way to school as well. There's there's a boy who runs and we call him, oh, here comes the running boy, we call him, because she doesn't know his name either. And you you sort of give people names and it's not in a rude or, you don't, not because you're being unkind to them, but it's like, well, I don't know their names. So you sort of name them and it's like, oh, they, they were sitting by that sort of family over there. Where have you put the towels? Oh, it's by the such and such family. And everyone goes, oh yeah, I know what you mean. And it's only, does everyone else do that? I'm glad it's not just me. I thought it was going to like, (laughs) but we only look so deep with people. It's shallow. And the biggest farce that we have within our relationships is the shallowness of them. Where we say to people, yeah, this is going on and everything's fine. Where we just look at the surface of what people do and people say, have you had a good week? And you say, yes, I've done this, this and this. But what's the reality? What is the depth? 
If we want to be rooted in our relationships, so when the storms come and when difficulties come, we've got to go beyond the shallows and into the depths of relationship where we no longer just see the surface of what it is. We no longer just see what things or people look like so that they're named because of those things, but we see the depths, not only of who we are and share that with others, but the depths of who other people are. And as we share the depths, then we become rooted together at a deeper level. So when the storms come, and hit your relationships, when the storms come and hit your families, because they will, then you're rooted at a deeper level and it holds you tight during those difficulties. We've got to find the depths of ourselves and be willing and open to share them. But we've got to be willing and open to accept the depths of other people and go on a journey with them. And it equips us through the storms of relationships. It equips us through the storms of family. When we hurt one another. When people do things that we don't expect. The deeper we go with people, the closer we are and the closer knit together we are in the difficult times. You know, there's a great scripture on love. And it's often used at weddings. But there's a few verses that we often overlook. We often read so far and then we sort of stop or we just go, oh, I don't really know what that bit is at the end. And it's 1 Corinthians 13. Let me read some of it to you. It says this, love is patient and kind. It is not jealous or conceited or proud. Love is not ill-mannered or selfish or irritable. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. Love is not happy with evil, but is happy with the truth. Love never gives up and is... And its faith, hope, and patience never fail. Love is eternal. There are inspired messages, but they are temporary. There are gifts of speaking in strange tongues, but they will cease. There is knowledge, but it will pass. For our gifts of knowledge and of inspired messages are only partial. But when what is perfect comes, then what is partial will disappear. When I was a child, my speech, feelings, and thinking were all those of a child. Now that I am an adult, I have more use, I have no more use for childish ways. What we see now is like a dim image in the mirror. Then we shall see face to face. What I know now is only partial. Then it will become complete. As complete as God's knowledge of me. Meanwhile, these three remain faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And we all get and understand the part that talks about love. This is how love should be. And it's a great example that we can use. Am I like this in my relationships? This is the way that I can grow deeper in my relationships. And it talks about maybe gifts that we have and things that we're able to do. And these are all good things and beneficial things, but they won't last forever. And then it goes on to talk about You know, we don't fully see everything. We don't see the full extent of everything. But these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And you know, in relationships, we never do fully know. And very often, the not knowing and the relating in previous times and the not knowing and the journey that that can sometimes take us on, which is a journey of pain and difficulty, can often prevent us from loving again. But I believe God here is saying to us that actually there are three things that can keep you going. When relationships have been hard and you've been damaged, when you're wondering, could I go again? Can I love again? 
Can I do this again? Can I forgive my partner? Could I have friends again after those friends hurt me and it was so hard? Can I, can I relate again? Can I go again with my kids after what's gone on? And I believe this is what God's saying, saying to us. We never fully know. We will never fully see. And there's nothing that we can do about that in this life. But three things remain. Faith, that we can go again. Hope, that we can go again. And enough love, that we can love again. So if you're sitting here this morning and you think, I've been rooted in before in relationships. I've gone deep before in relationships and it's hurt. I don't want to go there again. I'm not going in again. I'm not relating again. But I believe God wants to say to you that there's faith to go again. If you allow him in and you're Jesus-centered. That there's hope that it won't go the way it went before. If you allow him in and are Jesus-centered. And that there's enough love that you can love again. Even when you feel like all your love's been washed away. If you allow him in and be Jesus-centered. Then you can root in again. And you can relate with family again. Even when it's been so hard. And you can relate with others again. Even when it may have been so hard. You know, and we have to find ourselves. It said, the sentence that went with it, we discover who we are, we find our identity and we find freedom. We've got to find ourselves because when we know ourselves, it's a strong place to relate from. When we don't know who we are, we don't bring freedom into relationships. And that's when we bring damage. When we damage one another and when other people damage us. We, we come with chains and we chain people down so they behave a certain way because we can't cope if they do anything different. We bring weights because we're scared of losing people. So if we wait on top of them and put weight upon weight on them, then they won't be able to move and they'll have to stay with us. We put restrictions in place and box people in. We box our children in. We box our relationships in to protect and hold on to because we're fearful. I remember with our girls when they were young and they were starting to learn to walk and they would walk and then they would like face plant on the floor and I would be like, I was, I was quicker than you saying bolt up and to them. And Paul had to say to me, Sarah, you need to stop. They need to learn that it's okay to hurt themselves, that they can get up. And you, they need to learn because otherwise they'll always just cry straight away whether they've hurt themselves or not because you're going to them before they've even decided if they've hurt themselves. And I had to change how I related to my children so that it became healthy and allowed them to grow and allowed them to be bigger themselves. Because otherwise I was constantly fluffing around them with cotton wool. I had to learn to let them fall over and say, come on, off you get, you're all right. Oh, actually, no, you're not. Let me help you then. <laughs> And that that was okay. And it was hard for me because I didn't want to see them hurt. And because I was fearful and I was worried about them. But I had to learn to do that. I had to unleash the restrictions because otherwise they would never have grown. Otherwise they would always have sat underneath me. They would never be able to grow bigger than who I am if I continued to squash them. And I'm not very tall so they really need to grow. We also bring with us uncertainty and a lack of commitment at times where we'll sort of like say, yeah, I'm sort of here, but actually I'm just, I'm not really. And yeah, I'm sort of here and actually, no, I don't, actually, I don't want to. It's okay. And I'll perhaps come back. Oh no, actually, I don't want to. 
Because we're not rooted in deep with people. When you're rooted in deep with people, there's no flitting to and fro. You're committed. You're stuck with them. You're in it for the long haul because your roots are intertwined. But we can only do that when we know who we are, when we make a decision and a commitment to one another and we find our freedom in that place, regardless of the fact of what's going on around us. Freedom comes when we trust God, even in areas where we're unsure and we're still growing. And I know there are many areas in my relationships where I'm still growing and I'm still having to learn to trust God and I still struggle and I still find it difficult and I still want to run away at times. But I know that if I trust him, then he will help me to be Jesus-centered. He will help me to go deeper with people. He will help me to find who I really am and be free in who I am. The next thing is this. So Jesus-centered, rooted, Together, it's quite obvious, isn't it? Talking about relationships, you've got to be together. And the sentence that we put with it is this, we serve and support one another in personal and corporate growth. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. We are equipped to relate to people when we see the value in others and we encourage them with it and they do the same to us. Because that allows us to trust, that allows us to go deeper, that allows us to grow, that allows our roots to grow together. When we serve and support one another. Are you here to serve those you relate to? Are you here to serve your family? Are you here to serve your partner or your friends? Or are you looking for what you can get from them? It's about putting others first. Are you here to support and uphold? You know, when we support people, we're actually holding them up, making sure they stay up, maybe when they have difficult times, that we're holding them and supporting them so that they don't fall down. You know, and we've got to consider how we do this. How are we together? How do we do it? Because it's so easy to just drift apart. Life pulls us. Life moves us. Life shakes us and it's so easy to drift apart in friendships, with family. Well, they never text us. Well, they never call me. Well, they always go out with that other person. I'll just do my own thing. There's nothing wrong with that. And we drift away. We have to intentionally put that time in. If you want your family to work, you've got to put the time in. If you want your friendships to work, you've got to put the time in. If you want your relationship with your husband or wife or your partner to work, you have got to put the time in and intentionally look, how can I serve and support this person? How can I do it? Think about it. Don't just let it happen because you drift Life blows you away and suddenly you realise we don't know each other anymore. We just do our own things now. But it's because we don't intentionally put the time in and stay together. It's hard work. Don't give up though. 
Keep pushing, keep texting, keep ringing, keep believing, keep hoping, keep seeing the best. Keep considering, I want this to work, I must put the time in. You know, and sometimes you just got to be creative about it. We recently, Grace had a trampoline for her birthday. And um, Grace and Olivia love the trampoline. Paul loves the trampoline. And the other day, he was on it, bouncing as you do. And um, I could hear him shouting, John! John! And every time he went up, John! John! Our neighbour two doors down is called John. Paul was trying to have a chat with our neighbour two doors down whilst he bounced on the trampoline and could see him over the neighbour's garage. John! Sometimes you've just got to be creative about how you relate to people. Sometimes you've got to go outside and get on a trampoline. If you want to relate to someone, you will bounce your hardest and shout your loudest so that you don't lose touch with that person who's slipping away from you. Can I encourage you? Can I encourage you? Be creative. Keep going. Keep working. Yes, it's hard work. It's hard work to stay together sometimes because life does everything to pull us apart. There is an enemy who hates relationships and he wants to break them all and damage them all. So you've got to be intentional about holding on to each other. You've got to put time in. You've got to send that text. You've got to make that phone call and not think, well, they never ring me. They may not, but if you've got Jesus at the centre, what would Jesus do? He would ring them. He would go and knock on the door. He would send the card, even though they never send me a card. He would send it because he loves them. Because he wants to be together with them. Be the bigger person and hold together with those you love. Hold together with those you believe you should relate to. And sometimes you may not like them. You may not always like your family. It may be really difficult. You may not always like your friends. It may just really annoy you. But if you've made a choice, I want this relationship to work. I want my family to be strong. Then you've got to put the time in even when they annoy you. You've got to put the time in when they break your heart. You've got to put the time in when you feel like they've just left you for dead. You've got to put the time in. You've got to work hard at being together. You've got to buy your own trampoline and start bouncing and start shouting. So together. The fourth one is this, broad. And it says, we find our place and step into ministry. And I want to read you something that Jesus says to Peter. And it's at the time Jesus has come back. He's been raised from the dead and he's meeting with his disciples and, and he's encouraging them and he's, he's reinstated Peter after Peter denied him and, and they're sort of walking and talking together. And Peter is walking with Jesus and John, the one known as Jesus' favourite disciple, who he'd got a special relationship with. And I don't think he was particularly his favourite. They'd just got a special relationship that the others probably thought, ooh, what's going on here then? But he was walking ahead of them. And this is what it says in John 21. It says, then Peter saw him. He's talking about John. And he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You 
must follow me. One of the most crippling temptations in relationships is comparing ourselves to others and envying other people. When we envy other people who are in our friendship groups, who are in our family groups, then it cripples and damages our relationships. Jesus simply said to him, don't you worry about him, you worry about following me. Jesus brought it back again, away from John, back to Jesus. We come back to being Jesus-centered. When you want to look at other people and say, yeah, but they're nicer friends with them. Yeah, but they message them. Yeah, but why do they go out with them? Why does, why does my mom always text my brother or my sister and they don't do it with me? Why, why, do they, why does my sibling do this with my other sibling? And, and it's like, hello, I, I exist. Why does this happen? And what does Jesus say? Don't you worry about them. Come back to me. Follow me. Focus upon me. We go broad by focusing on him. And he grows us bigger. Whereas when we fix our eyes on other people, it minimizes who we are. And it cripples us to nothing. God has a unique role and dream for each And every one of us, each one of us, yeah, you, who's thinking, no, not me, yeah, God has got a unique role and dream for you. And as you fulfill and step into that, you grow broad and you protect and bless others because you find that unique role. I may have shared this story before, but... My sister's husband, whose name is also Paul, which is slightly confusing, um, is he's like, how tall is he? Six foot something. Six five. He is a big man. My sister's not much taller than me. I'm not quite sure what she was thinking. But he's like huge. And, and he's, he's broad. He's, he's a big man. And it's like, we went out for a meal last night and I sort of gave him a kiss to leave. And it was like, let me try to reach you. <laughs> but he, he's very big. And when I was younger... Probably when I was about 16, 17, we went to watch Stoke. And it might have been before that. Some of you will correct me, I'm sure, on my time frames. But it was when Stoke was still at the old Victoria ground. And at the old Victoria ground, at the Boothen end, there were no seats. So you just sort of stood up and there was like rails occasionally. Do you understand what I mean? So you just it was standing room only at the football match. And at one point, Stoke scored. So everyone was really excited about this. So me and my sister are standing with Paul, and he'd got his friend there, Mark. And um, we were standing in front of Paul, and and the goal went in, and the crowd roared, and forward they went. And the whole of the Boothen End was at the front of the Boothen End. You could have refilled the Boothen End, because everyone was just at the front. Yes, don't have scored. (laughs) Apart from... Me and my sister, who were standing in front of Paul, who had gone like this, and we didn't move. And everyone else had roared past us. And we, they turned round, and there was just me and my sister standing there in front of her extremely tall husband. He protected us from what was coming. When you grow broad, no matter what comes at you, whether it's good or bad, you stay rooted where you are. Nothing moves you, nothing sways you, nothing 
Nothing takes you from where you should be. Nothing takes you from the plan and the purpose God has got for you. And you know, we can go, grow broad two ways. We can grow broad by being in everyone else's business. By finding out everyone's information and feeling that we know everything. So we feel bigger and we feel better because of it. Or we can grow broad through mutual depth of experience and acceptance and loving people for who they are. We connect through depth, but sometimes it's so easy to connect through information finding. Some of us feel just feel better when we've got everybody's information. What's going on in your life? What's going on in your life? What's going on in your life? I feel better now. I know everybody's business. I can hold them all. I have you all in my information hold. But God is calling us to grow broad and relate on a broad level through mutual experience, through depth. We find our place and we help others because of the depth of who we are. We grow broad in who we are and then we flourish in our relationships. So God's calling us in our relationships to be Jesus-centered to be rooted, to be together, to be broad. And finally this morning, I believe he's calling us in our relationships to reach. And the sentence that we put with this one is, as far as the eye can see, we will outreach to those who don't know God. You know, we can look after ourselves. And God calls us to look after ourselves. God calls us to grow healthy and to grow strong. But he does that so we can reach out and help other people. So that we can look after other people. That we suddenly become bigger and wider than our natural circle. And it's so easy to have a natural circle. I remember my mum's mum, my nan, always used to say, birds of a feather flock together. Well, they do. You think about those you're closest to, the people who you have some sort of shared interest. You, you people who are similar to one another. And it's so easy to stay within those relationships, within those family areas of our families. But you know, God wants to equip us. And please hear me right when I say this. But God wants to equip us for those relationships that don't come naturally to us. There are some relationships that come so natural and so easy and it's just easy to be with that person. It's easy to be with those family members. It's easy to spend time with that child. But God wants to equip us to be with those that it's not easy to be with them. And it doesn't feel natural and it doesn't feel easy. But God wants us to do more and be bigger. Luke 6 verses 32 to 38 in the message says this. If you only love the lovable, do you expect a pat on the back? Run-of-the-mill sinners do that. If you only help those who help you, do you expect a medal? Garden-variety sinners do that. If you only give for what you hope to get out of it, do you think that's charity? The stingiest of pawnbrokers does that. I tell you, love your enemies help and give without expecting a return you'll never I promise regret it 
live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives towards us, generously and graciously. Even when you're at your worst, our Father is kind. You be kind. Don't pick on people. Jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. Don't condemn those who are down. That hardness can boomerang. Be easy on people. You'll find life a lot easier. Give away your life. You'll find life given back. But not merely given back. Given back with bonus and blessing. Giving not getting is the way. Generosity begets generosity. When we're far-reaching with our relationships, then the best is yet to come. God calls us to be more and to be extra. God's calling us to reach with our relationships. Maybe this morning you've got broken relationships. Maybe this morning there are difficult relationships within your family, within your friendships. God's calling you. God's calling you, reach again. Reach again. Send that text message. Make that phone call. Send that anniversary card or that birthday card that you think, I'm not sending them anymore. God's calling you, reach again. Though they're difficult, though they're broken, reach again. Love the unlovable in your life. Give and be generous to them. Don't just connect and make friends with people that is easy. Look for people within church who are struggling and sit on their own every week. God's calling us to reach for them. God's calling us to love them. And yes, love those that it's easy for you, but together embrace those that find it difficult. Make those feel welcome who are struggling and don't know how to relate or how to connect. Don't just think about yourself and I want to spend time with my friends this morning. Think about how can I reach and connect and relate to that neighbour that nobody else likes, to that person in the workplace that nobody else will speak to or sit with at lunchtime, to that member of the family who's been ousted because of something they did. How can I reach to them again? How can I show them God's love again? you know sometimes we have to remove the boundaries and we can see people and we can perhaps see they're struggling but we just we just choose to do nothing about it and then sometimes we can think I'm going to go and help the other week we called up Paul's mums and she's got glass patio doors and they're like the sliding sort and she was saying to us that the pigeons kept going and eating the bird seed and she wasn't happy about it. And we hadn't long arrived and she says, look, they're here again. And Olivia, being Olivia, grabbed her metal water bottle and charged outside. Yeah, the door was still shut. And poof. And she ran into it. The water bottle went into it. She has a mark on a water bottle. Not quite sure how the door survived. I think she actually had concussion for the rest of the day. And she went, oh, and she, she sort, of, sort of half sat and half fell down into the chair. And I jumped up. And, and I went to her and I'm thinking, don't laugh. Because it was really funny. 
And I'm like, Olivia, are you okay? And she's like, oh, and I'm like, oh. And Anna just did a tiny little giggle and I really didn't mean to and I know we're bad parents. And, but then she started to giggle so we both laughed and I felt a lot better. And I don't think she knew whether to laugh or whether to cry because it had really hurt her. But sometimes there are boundaries in place that we don't see and we don't realise are there. And you've got to open those doors so you can reach those family members. You've got to open those doors so you can reach that colleague. You've got to open those doors so you can reach that unlovable person. Because God's calling us to reach them. God's calling us to love the unlovable. God's calling us to embrace people and help people. This morning I want to conclude with this and then we're going to sing. We've got to bring it all back to God. Because if we start off being Jesus-centered, then he helps us with everything else. I want to ask you three questions this morning. Are you ready for what God wants to do now in your relationships? Are you ready? Because God wants to do more. And your relationships may be good, but God's got something more for you. Are we believing that the best is yet to come? Your relationships may feel stagnant and drained, but the best is yet to come if we allow him in. There's more love. There's more kindness. There's more passion. There's more freedom in your relationships if you allow him in. And thirdly and finally, and if the banded lights come and join me, do you have faith to see new life, to see miracles, and to see change in your relationships? Because God is in the business this morning of change. God is in the business this morning of breakthrough. God is in the business this morning of breathing new life. And I just want to encourage you this morning if there are things that have spoken to you and I hadn't planned to do that this but I'm, I'm going to do it if there are things that have spoken to you this morning and you need more of God in your relationships it doesn't mean they're bad you may just think I just want more of God in my relationships it's not going to hurt I just want to ask you to stand this morning I'm going to pray for you maybe you've got broken relationships maybe you've got things that are fractured and difficult maybe you've got people who are just like oh, they're just hard work this morning if you need more of God if you need the miraculous if you need more blessing if you need more of him in your relationships then I just want to ask you to stand if you just want to stand right now if that's you this morning and I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to pray for myself because God knows I need it Father God I thank you this morning that you are in the business of relating God, and I pray that this morning as we stand before you, that you would come by your spirit, that you would impact and change us, that you would help us and inspire us, that as we allow you into our lives, some of you just just need to raise your arms this morning to say to God, I want to be Jesus-centered. If that's you this morning, you just got to lift your arms to God and say, I want to be more Jesus-centered in my relationships. God, and as we make this act to you this morning, Holy Spirit, come and flood us. Holy Spirit, come and fill us. May you be the centre. May you be all in all. 
that our relationships may grow and flourish, that we may see miracles and breakthrough, that we may have more love, that we may have more kindness, that we may have grace beyond grace for those people who are difficult. God, may we be equipped this morning. Holy Spirit, you are the one who equips. God, this morning, Holy Spirit, equip us this morning.